Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. Cush whisked me away in the night and I've woken up with a, a new passport and a new name, Emma. And I'm going to tell everyone what Ruby has done. I'm going to tell Martin, I'm going to tell Stace, because she is pathetic. Connor, what do we have coming up this week, Emma? We have your roundup of the New Year episodes. And we also play you the finished Band-Aid E2020. But for the last time, yes, we know it's not Christmas anymore, but it's a new episode, so it's still here. The Christmas Jingle. Last Christmas, Sharon broke Phil's heart. And the very next day, Martin took Keanu away. This year, to save us from tears, we're praying for no Doc Martin. Ian's beaten, but will he die? Mick keeps his distance, Ruby continues to lie. But tell me, darling, did you really do it? Well, you can't believe us, you're a bit of a misfit. Merry Christmas. Martin wrapped it up and said it. With a no saying, I love Stacey meant it. Now we know what a fool we've been. But if they kiss now, we know they'd fool us again. Last Christmas, Linda shot Keanu's arm. And the very next day, Keanu flew away. This year, to save us from tears, we're praying for no Dark Martin. Not last Christmas, this Christmas. Thank you to everyone who sent in your voice notes for Band-Aid E2020. We are proud to announce the finished product is here. And we will play it for you now. It's, it's Christmas time. Walford should be afraid. It's breakup time. All oh, lots of deaths. All oh, lots of pain. Archie is dead. But who threw the Queen Vic's head? Happy Christmas, Ange. You've got 30.1 million fans. There's a history of these bombshells with paternities concealed. And the only thing on telly is a DVD reveal. Well, tonight, thank God it's bad for sure. Derek, we will need you for this part. Piano, the only gift we'll get this year is EastEnders. Corona, with Martin's hit and run. Jamie's sadly gone. Pauline Stumbling in the square tonight. Mick's not her boy, he is Shirley's boy. Cherry's Alfie's Haley plays coy. Why has everyone forgotten 
well done, everyone. We've saved the world, just like the original band did. I feel like we've made the world a little bit brighter now. If you heard yourself, why not share it on Twitter or Instagram and let us know. We'd love to see what you post and what you think of everything. It's Moobie versus Macy. Who will win? You decide. Could you imagine if like that's how it was decided? Like the, the, the whole audience had to pick who who they wanted like Martin to be with. I think they should. That, I think they should I think they should have like a little red button. Like remember when you used to be able to do that on like certain TV shows? You used to be able to press the red button and it would have like different things going on for you. So fun. Feel like feel like that's how we do that's how we do it. I feel like we need to get the red button back. We need to get people voting on the red button. Press the red button now if you want to vote for like, <laughs> I think that I think that should be it. I think we All should do s- that. I would love doing that. I yeah, used to love doing I, that anyway. So. It could be a bit like pop I, idol in that. Yes, <laughs> yes. I just, I, I honestly love this week for the movie versus Macy stuff. Like it was quintessential Ruby insanity for the most part. Like we start this week knowing that Ruby wants a child. Ruby's already said she wants a baby. She wants a baby, Martin. She's going to have a baby. She's got a, a fallopian tubes already, Martin. <laughs> fallopian tubes already. She wants that baby now. Like she just realised it takes. She does realise that it takes nine months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And numerous tries potentially. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, just because you you are like right, let's not wear a condom tonight doesn't mean you're going to fall pregnant that night. Um, I do love like everything about her this week because Ruby was giving me like Veruga Salt vibes. You remember when she's like, don't care how I want it now. I feel like that's who she was. I feel like she was proper Willy Wonka Veruga Salt. (laughs) But she gets up on that, you know, the golden goose egg thing and just falls straight through. She wanted, she wanted her eggs. (laughs) She wanted her eggs. Martin, however, it's a no from him. No. I love it because he goes, I've already got four kids, and I was like, oh, uh, "Let's just, <laughs> let's just stop you there, Mom, before you say any more." Because I wrote a little bit down. Yes, four children who he doesn't care about because he gallivanted off on holiday the minute they came back to the square. Um, one of which he basically came back because she tried to kill herself, and instead started sleeping with women instead of helping her out. Um, and and also doesn't pay child maintenance. <laughs> so yes, I can see why he doesn't want four, like another child on top of his four kids that he already has. Also, Ruby. Oh, well, Bex is away now. Doesn't really matter about her, does it? Oh, that's nice, Ruby. Like, you know, she's only a stepdaughter. Oh, well, Bex doesn't matter anymore. No one cares about Bex. Well, why has everyone, everyone forgotten Bex? <laughs> It's so true. Why has everyone forgotten her? That poor Ben. <laughs> so Martin says that he's obviously he's not wanting any more children. And she puts this blame now solely on Martin. Like, why did you not tell me this before we got married? <laughs> I'm like, so you never said anything either. The last time we heard, you didn't want kids anyway and you kept saying it. Yeah. But also, if you did want kids and he didn't want kids, maybe you should have talked about both. Talked about that. It's not one person's fault yet. And let's be honest, the wedding wasn't planned either, was it? It was a last minute decision. So how could you talk about it before getting married? Because you didn't know you were going to get married until you saw Stacey was back and you were really annoyed and you wanted to get married. Exactly. Oh my god. 
Yeah, that's the weird thing. It's like she wants him to be someone else. And then when that doesn't happen, she then tries to change the situation so that, like, if she can't control him, she'll control the situation so they can't yeah. leave. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, that is really weird and possessive. There's like a weird element of possession there. So Martin speaks to Stacy because Stacy comes over and she understands. She, she And this, this gave me a bit of a idea. Mm. Both him and her are saying how neither of them would want any more kids. So we all know what's going to happen then, don't we? Martin and Stacey They're will gonna, be having another child. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Maybe an affair on the side, you know? Oh, I hope so. Be them two having an affair behind Ruby's back, something like that. She wants to speak to Ruby about that and she's not happy at all that Stacey I mean, understands him. <laughs> I did love when um, when Ruby, like when Stacey comes over and saves Ruby's, where Ruby is and she's like, you had a row. She says it so happily. <laughs> yeah. Then, cut to Ruby when Martin goes over to her. And it's like, you see, I knew you would understand. Stacy understood straight away. <laughs> and you could just see the fury in Ruby's face. She's like, what do you mean, Stacy understood? Have you been talking about our marriage to, to Stacy? <laughs> and then um, Stacy also said something, because Martin's like, you know, I was thinking when Hope left home, and she's like, Martin, she's three. <laughs> yeah. Yes, see, this is what I mean. Martin's having a midlife crisis. He's like, I'm getting too old, got to do everything now. Like, Martin Love, calm your boots. You're like, you know, in your 30s at the most. So I think you've still got some time. You don't need to be having a midlife crisis yet. Like, wait until the kids have at least grown, you know, to like teenagehood before you start like traveling. I love how Stacey was like, she took herself out of the situation, like a hatred for Ruby and like their rivalry. And she was like, this has got nothing to do with me or anything like that. It's, but if you have the baby with her just to keep her, He'll resent her and then he'll be on his way to as many divorces as Ian. I mean, that's very accurate. How many people are say be married at one square now? Oh, quite a lot. I know. It's like unreal. And I can understand why Ruby was annoyed because like, <laughs> I mean, he was talking to his ex. <laughs> but it wasn't like Stacey said anything nasty. And if no? she'd actually asked, like talked about it, she would have known. I know that like there was a lot of like hate online for like Stacey doing that. But like, Ultimately, Martin and Stacey do have a connection. Who else is he going to actually talk to? Because he's got no one else. Like, most of his family are gone, dead, or have left. Um, and his friends are on the square he hasn't seen because of Ruby's actions. So, I mean, who else is he meant to talk to about this? <laughs> then the next day rolls around, doesn't it, Emma? And we get another beautiful example of why the Slaters are fabulous people, but terrible parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arthur literally just bolts out of the, the shop, the little uh, Minimart, bolts out, not a care in the world, just starts running. Stacey's like, wait, Arthur! Doesn't bother to go after. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly comes out. <laughs> thankfully, it was Cushy Ran too. Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> and then... Um, we got some um, Kush talking about cannibalism, which was nice. Uh, you know, you can always, if, they, if they're too naughty, you can always pop children in the in an oven with some roasties. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'm sure Ruby would like that. <laughs> yeah, she gives off like Hansel and Gretel vibes, doesn't she? She does, like the evil witch. She's yeah. got like the, ca the castle or the house made of candy. Like, you could definitely imagine that. She's like, come on in, Martin. 
Come on in. I have visions of I doing that, like putting people in pots or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak of the devil and she shall appear because Ruby just comes waltzing over. But also, Stacy's child is right there, right? This is how disrespectful Ruby is. She hasn't got a care in the world for anyone else other than herself. Arthur, who is a small boy, is stood there. It's Martin's like adopted son, Stacy's actual child, and um, Cush's child. And Ruby starts having an absolute go at both Cush and Stacy, telling Cush, oh, aren't you meant to be one of those sobfests? You know, telling people how you stole my money. And it's how like... How disrespectful is she? There's a child right there. Yeah, there's like, a child right there, Ruby. This is a man's addiction and mental health issues and you just call it a sobfest. Yeah? Would she like it if someone went, shouldn't you be out murdering people like your dad? <laughs> I love when Stacey was like, oh, well, thanks for Christmas, Stace. <laughs> yeah, I know, because that's the trick. She <laughs> just went and ate Christmas dinner. Not since the flipping Last Supper has someone shown someone so much disrespect. Like, honest to God, who is Ruby? Is she just Judas? <laughs> I love the vote of you comparing <laughs> the Slater's <laughs> Christmas dinner to the last <laughs> supper. <laughs> Paintings and, and Bibles around the world yes. are currently changing right now. <laughs> they are, right now. Right now. I mean, like, come on, who goes to someone ha- has to their house? interrupts their Christmas, has food, sits down, has food, and then the very next like day, turn around and say, eh, if you go anywhere near Martin again, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> have some respect. You ate that food. Uh-huh. She didn't even say thank you then. I feel like just going, shut up, Judas. <laughs> shut up, Judas. Invite you. It's unreal how she just kind of waltzes around as if she owns the entire square. And I'm like, contrary to what you think, millionaires, you don't own the square. And no one's your friend. Literally no one. Yeah, no one is. Vinny, and really, he only fancies her. It's not a friendship. Exactly. To be fair, Vinny doesn't like her now, does he? <laughs> Even that ship sailed. So, with her abusing of Stacy and her family complete, the Wicked Witch returned to her den. For a long night of drinking child's blood. I mean vodka. I mean vodka. <laughs> the stewing in the background. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, like the way she just slinks off to her club and just starts drinking there, like as if it's going to, you know, make everything better. Then she has the, the absolute goal to judge everyone else. I mean, you know, right. I, I have to say, I hate her. You know that. We all mm-hmm. do at the moment. Yeah. But I do love that pink coat. And it's for the last time, will someone just help me find that coat? <laughs> I just want a coat. I must say, please, please, I really want that coat. <laughs> someone send Try me a link. Max. Try Tiki Max. Oh, I never thought of that. Because they sometimes... Can I have a look? Uh, well, I'm on yeah. <laughs> Because that's sometimes where they get some of their, their clothes oh, from. Oh, fab. TK Max. Pink <laughs> I want the coat, I'm sorry. Emma's going to get this coat. Oh, they're not the style of coats I was going to I'm just imagining big puffer jackets. <laughs> they are. 
swear we are psychic. I'm literally seeing through Emma's eyes. <laughs> I'll look later. So, after her abusing of Stacy and Kush, she has returned to her den of iniquity, her cafe slash bar slash nightclub thing. And um, she's just chilling, isn't she? She's just chilling, opening up some bottles for customers who aren't there. And then Kush Yeah, it's absolutely dead, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she's always working. She's like getting the bottles ready and stuff. I'm like, love, it's TFO. How old's Vinny? That's a good point. Because he's working behind that bar. And then he's like, oh, to Keegan and Tiff, who are under, well, Tiff's definitely underage. He's like, oh, you could come work here. No, they can't. They're underage. Well, she is. Can't serve alcohol. I wouldn't put it past Ruby. I don't know how old uh, Vinny is, but I wouldn't put it past her employing people who were too young. I mean, I love it because Kush comes in, right? And he's like, come to say I'm sorry. And she's like, uh, for what? Oh, it's it's about my program. Like, you know, that sub fest that you were basically talking about, Ruby. It's about his program, you know, actually making him better. And, um, it's obviously like a serious thing. Like, obviously, he is trying to make amends and trying his hardest. And she just ran and goes, well, do I give you a B plus or something? Do you have a report card? I'm like, you really are vile. She didn't deserve his apology. Ah, like if someone, if someone comes and apologizes to you, why wouldn't you just be gracious about it? Mm-hmm. That's it. She's ungracious, isn't she? I've been looking, I've been looking for the word to describe <laughs> her. And I think ungracious is the word. Well, that and malevolent, but, like, ungracious first. And um, Kush basically decides to have a drink with her, which I love Kush, but sometimes he's he's a blooming idiot sometimes, isn't he? Yeah. I didn't understand. I didn't understand when I started sitting down chatting. How could you sit down and chat with someone who's just went, oh, off to your sob fest, are you? It made no sense. Like, (laughs) it just didn't make sense. No? I was like... I could never see myself being insulted by someone and then being like, do you fancy a drink? <laughs> you know what? We'll sit down. We'll plan some stuff. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens in the end. Ruby has a plan for him because he's now drinking and telling his life story about how he's going to prison. Yeah. And um, Ruby, he accidentally lets slip to Ruby something else, doesn't he, Emma? That Stacey wants Martin back and she's like, What? She actually said that? I thought, honestly, for a second, I thought Ruby was literally going to explode into flames. I thought she was just going to, like, go, and just, like, unleash all of hell. She was like, what do you mean? Stacy said she wants him back. What is this vendetta she's got against Stacy? It's so much. It's too much sometimes. I'm like, Jesus, you need to take a flipping Valium or something, love. You need to calm yourself down. She has this amazing idea, doesn't she, just Ruby? Yeah. The strangest idea that I think I've ever come across. Yeah. So she thinks, bearing in mind bankrupt, remember, she had no money. No money at all. None. A massive safe full of money. She wants to get all of that out and she goes to Kush, who's she's still angry with for stealing her money. Gives it to him. Goes, you take this. You take this. You take your son. Just take him. Off you go. Make a new life in Dubai. And then has the strangest reasons. Reason one. It'll hurt Stacy. 
and she wants to do that. Reason two. If Martin's child is missing, it'll make him want another one. Sorry. Kush has to remind her this isn't how it works and that's not right. He knew straight away she was just doing it to get Stacey. Yeah. But like, then she's like, yeah, but I can tell. I'll just tell them you've come to me and took my money. Because it's not like I haven't done it before. Because he says he'll go and say what's happened. Oh, yeah, because Stacey's going to believe Ruby over Kush. Yeah. Come on. Why would he, Why like, in that thing, like, in that, like, state where he stood there with the cash in hand, why wouldn't he just put it down and go and tell them? Yeah. I don't know why he then was, like, blackmailed in the weirdest way to not tell them. And I just love, right, that Ruby's mentality, right, is that Martin's falling out of love with her in her mind. So she's going to kidnap his adopted son. Yeah. She just realised this is not only Aiden and Abetton, like, this is also child abduction. I think she might be uh, joining Cush in the long stretch in prison. I think so, too. Couple that with the insurance fraud, she's there for life. Oh, yeah, we seem to have not mentioned that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for Martin just, to find that out. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good day. Um, I just can't can't fathom how stupid you have to be to be like, just go to Dubai. What? You mean, you think that place doesn't have extradition? You think there's not Interpol over there? If Kush, who is basically admitted to a number of serious crimes now, just goes on the run, you don't think the British police are going to try and track him down? Especially if he's kidnapped his son. <laughs> I just can't get my head round the fact she went well if martin doesn't want a child then if he loses one he'll want another they're not just they don't just get replaced this so, is what shows how she thinks like it's not a broken doll like oh this barbie it's broken its arm i'll just go because you can go and get another one in the shop you can't yeah. do that with a child you can't go oh my kids broke its arm we'll get rid of that one we'll go make yeah. a new one you know <laughs> you can't just do that she tends to treat them as if they're Pokemon cards or something. Well, if we got rid of one, if I stole one of his Pokemon cards, then he, he desperately would want another. And um, Kush, against his better judgment, steals Arthur. That that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> because she I'm said the, something I'm like... I'm so confused. Yeah, because she, she said something like, oh, Alfie'll come back, take Kat, and then they, when you're in prison, like they'll be using the money or something like that. That's I love the way I she thinks it. as well, that, that women or anyone other than her doesn't have a mind. Like, she's like, Alfie will come back. Kat will definitely get back with him. Let's be real. Last time Alfie was here, he basically had an affair with Kat's cousin, lied about it for a, a long time, and then also called Kat basically all the worst things he could possibly call her. Now, I don't know that Kat's just going to be like, okay, Alfie. <laughs> just like, come straight to him. Are you crazy? I didn't understand why Kush would do this. I know Ruby, thinking it's Monopoly, said it was get out of jail free. Now, I don't think it is. I think it's adding a few more years on. Yeah. <laughs> you go to jail forever. <laughs> do you know who I blame for this? It's Aideen. Aideen. Aideen from Redwater. It's all Aideen. If, if Bernie hadn't been distracted by Aideen's crime spree, she would have been able to come to Albert Square and stop all this from happening. I did enjoy how the next morning... None of them realised Arthur and Kush weren't there for quite a long time. <laughs> was it not home alone? Was it not home alone to you? Where they're all like, you know, walking around and suddenly you just go, Kevin! <laughs> and then just collapse. 
So um, while Stacy's on the phone to Martin to tell him, Ruby's on the phone to, to Kush. He was saying, thank you. He's went from hating her to going, thank you for the hotel. <laughs> this is great. They're best friends now. So that was also a bit confusing. I just can't understand what's going through Ruby's head. What part of it says this is the right thing to do? This <laughs> is the right thing to do. I mean, she has basically orchestrated the kidnapping of a child. She has helped a criminal, because whether or not Kush has done something, he is technically a criminal, um, because he's confessed to a bunch of crimes. She's aiding a betting a criminal. These are serious charges. She could go away for quite some time. Our dad would be proud, though, wouldn't he? Our dad would be proud. Although she's definitely going to get caught. Yes. So I don't know if he'd be that proud. True. Ruby! I love how Arthur's just not enjoying being at that hotel, though. He's like, I want to go home. I love it. He hates He hates Kush. It was just like everything. It was just like, I hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this. We've all been that kid, haven't we? He's been here. It's proper boring. <laughs> and then... Ruby suspiciously joins Martin to see Stacy and keeps saying different things to the point he's like, you go home. <laughs> we'll deal with this, means Stacy, And her face is fuming. She thought this was going to tear Martin away from Stacy, and instead it's brought them together. I don't know how she thought that would tear them apart. I don't know. Their, their child's missing. That's going to bring them together. And hey. we're here for it. <laughs> I did love when um, Mo comes in and doesn't know what year it is and um, Stacy shouts up, Kush has kidnapped Arthur, by the way. I love that bit, yeah. <laughs> Off the go to see Phil and we got yep. yet another, yet another hint that hashtag fat, hashtag kill is happening. Yes, we came up with the hashtags, I think about a month ago or... Maybe a little bit more back when the heist was big, and um, might be even before like a, that became the boost. Yeah, just maybe before, even that, before yeah. that, yeah. Um, and it's become a thing. It's clear. Like Cat literally said to him, "You wish you had me in your bed." Come on, how many more hints are we going to have that she's going to become the new Mrs. Mitchell? Or they at least have a thing. Yes. And she has history with hard cases. She liked Derek. She liked uh, Andy Hunter. She liked Dennis Rickman. I loved it that they all stormed in there when all three of them, Kat, Stacey and Martin, were terrified of Phil last year. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah, absolutely terrified. To the point where they had to go on the run. Mm-hmm. But now look. <laughs> but, you know, the good thing is, good thing is they can't go anywhere without a passport. Yes. Hands passports over. Ruby's got them some fake passports. This woman. It's way Martin's like crying because obviously his kid's missing. Yeah. And he can't get hold of Kush or anything. He doesn't know what's happened. And he's like, oh, I can talk to you. And I think that's the first hint that actually, no, they can't talk to each other. They, can't. they They've never actually got to know each other. And nah. that, that comment to me was it was like it was hinting at that and he's crying and she's just just stood there because like she's done it all like how sick yeah your husband's crying and you're like mm, that was me 
I, I was expecting that, honestly. I'm not even joking. I was expecting that just to get the condoms out and start putting holes in them and just being mm. like, yeah, I know it's terrible, my love. Terrible. Just pop in some holes in them condoms. She's like, I can't wait to get pregnant. Crazy. She's gone literally crazy. Well, this week opened with Ian still in his dressing gown. We've all had a lazy Christmas. Let's be real. We all love a lazy Christmas. Except Ian's got a bit of a tummy ache. And it's not from eating too much turkey, is it, Emma? <laughs> I loved it because Kathy walks in and he's like, I'm not, I'm not well. I feel ill. And she never thinks, oh, it could be coronavirus. Oh, yeah. No one thinks about the virus anymore on that square. No one. It's just, just like, Ian, you have to divorce. You have to get this marriage annulled. And he's like, what do you mean? I love Sharon. I promised her the Vic. And she's like, yes, but that's all she's here for. And he's like, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, Kathy, I know he's your son, but like, he is like 50 or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's getting on. I don't know that you can keep coming into his life to tell him how to live it. Especially when he was dead for about 20 years of it. I love when she's like, Sharon's dangerous. She can ruin you. She can take everything from you. Normally I'll be like, Kathy, Sharon's not dangerous. But then I remember... She is currently poisoning him. Yeah. Sharon wasn't dangerous until she started grinding up pills and popping them into his Christmas bud. <laughs> Naturally, all the argument, it draws, it draws Sharon's attention, doesn't it? She comes up, she comes to have a little, little look at what's happening, finds out that Kathy's trying to destroy all her plans. And so she's left with no other choice. She has to tell Ian that she loves him. She was making a, a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he obviously walks in and she gets a bit of a fright because, uh-oh. And she's like, oh, would you like more sugar in it? And he's like, oh, are you trying to kill me? Oh, Ian, that's oh, not Ian. sugar for a start. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah, Ian, that's ground up paracetamols, love. I just love it because he comes in, as you say, just at the right time. She's like, oh, God, get my pastel put away. Get get, get all the grinding away. Um, and she's like, he's like, E, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Just slams the medicine drawer. Like, we've moved on from poisoned Christmas cake to poisoned tea. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me if Sharon ever makes me a drink not to, not to take it. Yeah. Be like, is this, is this juice diluted? Oh, it's got a funny taste. Hmm. So he agrees with Kathy. They should probably get an annulment because Sharon doesn't love him. But she now knows she has to do anything to keep him around, just so she can poison him and get the Vic. And that means telling him that she wants to be the next Mrs. Beale, that she loves him too. Duh, 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 duh. Lucas is back in town, town, town. You know that song, I can't remember how it goes, but basically he's back in town and he's up to no good. He's up to no good. What's great is like when she's like, I don't want any of his talking to him. I don't want his opening the door. He's dangerous. I'm like, I'm fairly certain they remember him too, Denise. You're basically trying to, to tell them how bad he is, but like they're aware. They went to your fake funeral. They were there when they, he held them all hostage. Um... I think you don't need to explain how bad he is. They know. Kim has a plan. When something bad's going down, Emma, 
when something's bad going down and you need help, when you need a lending hand, you need someone to guide you through the dark times, who do you go to? Who do you go to on the square? Wow, I mean, it's only one person, isn't it? Corrupt, pillar of the community, dodgy, bent copper, Jack Bannon. Yep, but however, I've noticed lately, this is, it's getting sad. He was someone you could rely on. He would do anything you asked if you wanted to get out of a situation. He was there for you. Now, you offer up some suggestions and he won't do them. And why will he not do them? Because he's a copper. He's a copper he's and he won't do them. And he gives you the big spiel because he's a copper. He's a copper. He's a copper. It's entrapment, Emma, and he's a copper. He won't be part of this. He won't help capture a man who's murdered loads of people. <laughs> he won't be there to do his job. That would be wrong. I love it because he's basically, it's like someone's hit like a different switch in his head and he's suddenly gone from being corrupt copper to real copper. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, no, what are you talking about? I don't do corrupt things. I don't do corrupt things anymore. He's still what not over. What you're asking over. me to do is corrupt. He's, you know, he's still not over. Callum taking over his role. I know. He's just not over it. That's what it is. This is spite, Emma. This is, is spite because everyone went to Callum for their problems. And he's like, well, now he's a regretting it, aren't you? <laughs> now he's a regretting it because I could actually help you and I can't now. Because I won't. I won't help you. I love it because like he basically says, don't worry, I can handle this. And then five minutes later, he's like, I can't do anything. <laughs> Do you like? Do you remember on Christmas Day when Lucas came back yeah. and he was like, "Don't worry, you don't need to worry about this. I'll handle it." I'll this. handle it. Goes home after Christmas, doesn't say a single word to Denise or Lucas. And then Kim comes with a plan, and he's like, "No, can't do that." Yeah, prevent the cause of justice. It's yeah. uh, entrapment, all those those sorts of things. And it's like, Jack, when did you become a copper? You were always the corrupt pillar of our society. It's so sad, Emma, when they go good. It's I, so sad. I did love Kim's um, end of her plan where she was like, Happy New Year to everyone. The site goes back inside. Love that bit. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Is, is, is her plan really that crazy? I mean, this man has murdered people. He has actually killed not one, but like two or three people. And tried to kill another. Like, he held Denise captive for months and convinced all of her family she was dead. Well, she like, was saying that it was it would break his parole to be near Denise. However, does no one remember on Christmas Day when he ran up to her going, Denise? Denise. Yeah. <laughs> Denise, wait. Like, <laughs> also, shouldn't it also be in his parole that he can't go anywhere near Warford? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> it would be. And his daughter would surely be included in them. Again, you would think. Because she was also part of his hostage taking. It Like, that is part of his crimes. Like, he literally held all of the house hostage when Denise broke out, remember? Why broke is um, Why is Jack not, like, looking it up? Because, you know, they always have access to everyone's information. Like, yeah, him and Callum, they can get things at an instant. Yeah. Jack hasn't went, right, I'll look into this. Because he's not the corrupt police officer anymore. No, he's not. True, he's not. Kim should have went to Callum. Kim should have went to Callum. He would have been able to help her. That should be our next stop. Yeah. He'll do it. He'll do it. 
He'll even bug him. That's true. He might knock some papers over as well in the meantime. Yeah. Get those scripts, scripts round. <laughs> so, because Kim's plan has failed, Patty takes action into his own hand. He, he, he needs to do something. Father to father, he goes to Phil. Honourable criminal. Honourable man of the square. He has a code, Phil. He has a code by which he operates. I mean, that code sometimes changes, but he has a code that he operates by. <laughs> He's always sat in that chair at the dining yes. room, isn't he? Yes. With all of his papers out sat. And they all come up to him. Yeah, they all come. And he's like, all... yeah, what do you want? He's like the the, the 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 part above the corrupt pillars of community. He's like the corrupt, like, I don't know, like government of the, the community. You go to him when you need real, real action. And I love whenever he sat there and someone walks in, he's like, so how much, how much do you need? Yeah, I love that. I'm surprised he didn't have his little vault. With, <laughs> yeah. Um, how much do you want? I've got 12 billion in here. I love billion. that safe. It's either full when he needs in or it's empty when anyone else needs in. I have a theory Magical. that's a magician safe. You know, like where you can open it and it opens a compartment so yeah. the things drop, drop down. I feel like that's what he's doing. He's going, look, it's empty. And then he closes it and he goes, but now it's full. It opens <laughs> it again. It's just full of cash. He knows there's a second compartment. He knows when to open it. Yeah. yeah. You'll never reveal his secrets though. I love it because Patty goes in and he's like, I've come here, father to father. I need your help, Phil. And then Phil is like, well, what do I get if I help scare this little creep off? What do I get? I might bring your son round. How's that sound? I might bring your son round. Love that Patty's using Raymond now as a bargaining <laughs> chip. <laughs> Poor Denise Raymond. doesn't have to know. Well, Patty, we all know she's going to find out yeah. anyway. <laughs> Raymond's been used so much lately, hasn't he? I'm surprised Patty didn't ask for two, 250 grand. Oh, yeah, and, and classic. You know, he's, he's as precious to him. He's almost yeah. like his grandson. <laughs> it, well, it'll originally be 150 and then it'll go up. Of course. So, Patty seems to get a no from Phil. Because Phil is like, what happens when I, I go over, scare him off and he just stays? What happens then, Patty? What do you want me to do about that? And he goes, I'm not going to help. Not going to help. Too much risk for Phil, I think. Too much risk. Not enough reward. So Patty goes to appeal to Chelsea's more human side to try, to try to get her to see why it's, Everyone else's reaction is, oh my God, when she walks through the door with her serial killing dad. <laughs> and Chelsea, for some reason, is still furious with Denise. We can't quite figure out why. Um, and sort of furious with Patty as well. Again, we don't know why. I like when um, she's talking about Lucas and she's like, well, he's been out about a month or so. Um, splashing the cash tonight, taking him out for dinner. I think he deserves a treat he's changed. Deserves? That <laughs> an abused word on that square, honestly. Deserves. What does Lucas deserve? Prison. <laughs> he killed two people in, like, in the most like vicious way. Killed a dog. It's the way she's like, look, he's changed. 
He hasn't killed anyone since he's been out a month or so, right? This guy deserves a treat. I'm taking him out. And if he's really good, he'll get chocolate pudding at the end. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Hot chocolate fudge pudding or something would yeah. be, wouldn't it? That's um, if he's really good through dinner and he doesn't even assault anyone. And if he eats all of his greens as well, because that's important. I mean, I love the bit where Patty's basically pretending that he's actually interested in Lucas and, like, not hating him. He's like, how often do you see him? Where does he live? Where do he hide the bodies? <laughs> Has he killed anyone else that we don't know of? <laughs> or is he on the square? Has he broken any of the conditions of his... Like, do you know, like, Imagine that's literally what I was saying. It's like he wants his passwords or something. So what yeah. What was his mother's maiden, maiden name? name. <laughs> and what are those three digits on the back of his card? <laughs> and his first pet was Toby. Yes, Toby. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one. I love it. And then, like, the best bit, the creme de la creme of this scene. Oh, is this was beautiful. This was Chelsea's basically saying about how she's, when Chelsea's saying she's going on a she's going on a date with her dad, isn't she? She's going on a date with her dad. She's taking him out for the night, and um, you just say Phil. <laughs> Phil just creeps around with his paper like that, so subtly. I need that. I need that in a gif. I love it. It's like the greatest scene ever, isn't it? It's like. I felt like he's coming for Tina's gig. I was like, God, she's not even been dead five minutes and you're already taking her gig, aren't you? <laughs> Who is Lucas? Where is, where is he? It's like Where's Phil just looking around Where's Lucas? <laughs> where's he? Where's he? <laughs> Phil really wants to know. <laughs> oh my God, they could play Where's Wally, but where's Lucas? Oh, imagine. Maybe that's what he's playing on the paper. Maybe he's had a little section. Where's Lucas? There he is, with the rake. I feel like in the um, shed. I feel like Phil would be a Law and Order kind of man. I don't oh, think yeah. he's a CSI. I feel like he's a Law and Order kind of man. Yeah. You know, like, we had noise that comes up whenever like Law and Orders like. Yeah, I feel like that's what would come up, and just be Phil there with like a little newspaper, definitely, or a cold case. He could be a cold case kind of guy. Yeah. Well, a bones. Oh, he might be a bones. He might be a bones man. I would have said medium, just because no one watched that show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, medium maybe. <laughs> it's the dad and daughter date that we've all been not waiting for. It's that creepy time of year again, I suppose. <laughs> it's time for take your serial killing dad out for supper. <laughs> Unless she's doing a Sharon and she's shoving something in his food. I mean, out of an hour, I'm like sitting here wondering what is her motivation? Because every five minutes she's like, well, we could maybe get a flat. Uh, we could get a flat. It's got a lovely view of Wolfhard. I'm like, parole! His <laughs> parole conditions are that he can't go anywhere near Wolfhard. You're sat here having food with him. <laughs> I'm so confused because... He says, have you got any questions about anything? And yeah. it's as if she's never questioned anything since he's been out. And she keeps going off to powder her nose. But as she reminds him, it's not this time. It's not that it's kind not of drunk. powder. <laughs> yeah. And is she up to something? Or I feel like she's got to be. Or is she doing something she shouldn't and she doesn't want him to know? Which one is it? Because... 
Phil does come and threaten him and we see that. However, I don't think Phil got those guys to come and get him at the end. Is Chelsea yeah. in trouble? Is that their way of getting to her or did she organise it? I feel like it's got to be something to do with her because whilst they're beating up, whilst those people are beating up Lucas, they deliberately, they make a point of saying, no, keep her in there. I want her to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, that puts the focus away from Lucas being On the victim. Chelsea. And Chelsea actually being the, the victim. It's something aimed for her rather than him. So that's what makes me think maybe something's going on there. I wonder if Jordan's also going to come back at some point. Mm. Maybe he's also in trouble. There's definitely more to it than her just being like besties with a serial killer dad. Maybe Lucas killed some more people we don't know about. Ooh. Maybe there's some more skeletons in the, the closet of Lucas's madness. Who knows? I love when he's like, do you want to ask any questions? Like what? Like how did you kill people? Like what was it like seeing the light leave their eyes? Like who wants to know that sort of stuff? <laughs> Don't you want to know what, what it felt like? Don't you want to know why we keep starting fires? <laughs> it's our desire. It's, it's our, our desire. desire. <laughs> danger, danger. High, High voltage. voltage. <laughs> when he touches. When he kills. Like, why Why would you even ask someone? <laughs> why would you even ask someone? Like, what, what questions is she going to have? Did you murder before this? And it's not like he's going to go, yeah. He's not going to say that, is he? He's not going to confess to a crime. Oh, honestly. Now, is he really on a re- rehabilitation programme? Or is, like, he got Chelsea, like, is he blackmailed her? Not blackmailed her, but, like, manipulated. Like, really manipulated her into, like, bringing him out. Because I just don't understand a serial killer is out of jail. Two-time murderer gets out. Like, I can't... Not even that. He's got other charges on his head as well. He's obviously killed a dog, so he's got, like, animal cruelty on there. He's also got, like, um, the fact that he's kidnapped a woman and held her against her will. That's false imprisonment, so that's another charge. He's physically assaulted her, um, so that's, like, you know, another charge. Held an entire family hostage, another charge. Like... (laughs) How is he out? Where oh, did he go? Have eaten capture? Have eaten capture as well? Because he did a runner, didn't he? So, yes. come on. I mean, I did love it because when Phil sits down, Lucas goes, you should have brought flowers. And I say, oh, have we, f- we been denied a love story? Have we been denied Lil? I know, all I could think of there was Lil or... Focus. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, when Chelsea's away, Phil will play. <laughs> but it, there's no flowers and chocolates for this this catch-up, is there? It's like, no, no, get out of warfare. Don't ever come back or I'll murder you. That's sort of hello, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you're just your, your polite, friendly hellos. If I was, I know Phil's this hard guy, but Lucas is a serial killer. Like, if yeah. you're going to threaten anyone, you don't threaten the serial killer. Yeah, like, he's scarier. <laughs> he's scarier. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually took a lot of lives. <laughs> like, come on, Phil. Let's be real as well. Like, the, the professionalism of Lucas, let's be real. Trina wasn't his first. Trina wasn't his first. Just put it out there. So, so anyway, dinner, <laughs> dinner's, uh, dinner's really good. Uh, <laughs> Him and Chelsea are having a good old little laugh. They're, they're chilling. They're just wandering off. And, and he's like, maybe maybe this was too soon. Maybe. 
maybe <laughs> you took two lives at least <laughs> like yeah very very much so too and soon with phil taking up his side of the bargain um we get a, a little day with well a couple hours with raymond but he's late so patrick moves on to get food which i think's fair I mean, that is fair. That is fair. If you're waiting out in the cold. Yeah. You're waiting out in the cold for ages. The park's a bit of a weird place to meet up with someone as well, isn't it? Like, At night. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine if Patty just got, like, jumped by a bunch of yobs. But also, like, they're scared of Lucas, but they're happy to go to the park at night. Yeah, and also, should Patty be going to all these different houses when he's a survivor of COVID and quite old? No, like, he shouldn't. He shouldn't, should he? Because he could get it again and get really, really sick. Because they don't seem to be having the second wave. No, they they don't. They don't have these. Exist in their universe no, anymore. they only had the original COVID. They haven't had all the strains afterwards. Do you know what? I think it's amazing how they've managed to beat it. They they're the first place in all the world that's managed to just I know. beat it, and with super spread max as well. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Quite remarkable. Can I just say as well? I've got a theory that it's because of their healthy eating. They eat very healthy there, Emma. Raymond has every day for four square meals chips. <laughs> he does. He does actually. Every meal he gets offered is chips. <laughs> you know. I think. Oh, you want some <laughs> chips, don't you? Raymond's life is sleeping, eating chips, doing a couple that of drawings, yeah. sleeping, eating chips, <laughs> doing a couple of drawings. A little bit of a dance, maybe if he uh, goes to church. Every now if and then. Goes to church. <laughs> Don't think he'll be going there anymore since, you know, the whole Lucas being there for Christmas sort of thing. <laughs> it's a bit awkward, didn't it? Turn up to church and your, your mum's ex slash serial killer is there. So, yeah, uh, Patrick, uh, oh, Patty, let's Phil have some time with Raymond. But he lies and says it's it's his friend. I think Raymond's got to find out eventually, so we might as well just, just tell him now. They're, I don't know why they're, like, messing around with this. Just say it. But I love that. Basically, he's going to be like a secret dad. Like, he's going to be like um, the secret millionaire, but he's he's got no money. He's just coming around giving him footballs. <laughs> Jack's come to save the day again, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He has. He's going to let Denise have a shower. He's going to be on the lookout for Lucas, even though, you know, he didn't I want to help earlier. Where he walks in and the first thing that's out of his mouth is, you need a shower. <laughs> oh. Nice to see you too, Jack. And what confused me is Jack said originally, like, the whole Raymond thing was the reason they split up and he needed to focus on Amy and Ricky, who we never see. Yeah, never see them, so I don't know why he would have to focus on them. And now he's saying she can go live with them again and uh, bring Raymond. But he didn't want to have Raymond a part of his life because Phil was a part of Raymond. Bearing in mind... Phil is a part of all of his other children. Yes. Also, can I just say, if if you're going to go down the road of, well, it was for Raymond's own good because it would just confuse him, won't you, won't you find it more confusing now moving there? Uh-huh. Stop messing Raymond round. This poor Ben is having bad dreams as it is. Doesn't need any more flipping nightmares. They've been dating for a while now, haven't they? Things are really going well for Max and Linda. So well even that Max has decided, let's just go to New Zealand and see your daughter, who probably will hate me. You know what? After two weeks of dating, I think about maybe moving abroad after that. 
I mean, God, see how it goes, don't you? Will yeah. I will I be back? Will I not? No, <laughs> don't you worry though. I've got an open ticket. <laughs> I might move there for full time by week three, or I might be back. Okay, okay, good to know. Good to know. I mean, I do just love, don't you? Just love the bit where Max is like, I've got got my tickets to go to to see Nancy. I'm just like, Nancy, who loves her dad and will probably hate you. <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong, Max? Get yourself over there. Get yourself over there. Can you imagine just shacking up next door to Nancy and be like, e hi, neighbour! <laughs> You'd be like... <laughs> Wouldn't you? You would, be like... you would just absolutely hate him. <laughs> I wish you all saw an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important, Emma, because Max loves Linda. Loves her. He loves Linda. Why can't Jack just be happy for him? Happy for him for a change. I mean, it'll be nice to see Nancy. Do they even know exactly where she lives so that they can go and see her? Because I haven't contacted her. Oh, no, I love that. Yeah, I love that as well. Are they going yeah, to knock it, on it, different doors? Hello, is this Nancy's house? Yeah, they always <laughs> talk about it, don't they? Whenever they go, we're going to go see someone. They always just talk about it as if like the place they're going to is so tiny. New Zealand's just like three houses. There's the, Nancy's, uh-huh. there's Lawrence and Lawrence New Home. They make out like Lauren and Nancy live right next to each other. They could just yeah. pop round, you know. New <laughs> Zealand, just just one street. That's all it is. I mean, it'd be awkward when you and Nancy if you were Max for like some sugar. You'd be like, um, I don't know if you've got any sugar that I can borrow. Because could I just borrow some sugar? Because she'd just be like, Yeah, sure. Pours loads of arsenic in instead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then Lauren's. I mean, it's gonna be a bit cold, a bit chilly there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going to be a breeze, isn't it? I hear the, the in thing with houses is no windows, no doors, no Perfect. walls, yeah. no roof, nothing. And, and, I, and I did want to say this because I did not hear it here, but the in thing now, Emma, the in thing is to burn your house to the ground to get that really nice dark charcoal effect. Oh, is it? Yeah. So yes, Max is just having, having breakfast, probably eating all of, uh, you know, Ricky's cereal and... And Amy's toast, because that is what Max seems to be doing <laughs> yes. all the time. I don't know. Out. Why, why is Jack bothered about Max leaving when he said he wanted him out anyway? Yeah, I don't understand Wouldn't that. Wouldn't you be taking him to the airport? Come on then, yeah. Max. Well, <laughs> the well, we get something. We we know why Jack's worried, Emma, in the end. We, he tells he tells them why he's worried. Because he doesn't want what's happening between Max and Linda to affect his relationship with Mick. I mean... I was like, what? <laughs> it's so important, that relationship. Him and Mick have been friends for about 20 years, 30 even. They've been lovers for at least 10. <laughs> so he doesn't want it to to ruin what they have together. I mean, like, what relationship do you have? You've never even said five words to each other. No, I think briefly they did a few years ago. They were, although they had that week of friendship or something. But That was it. Yeah, like... He's, so, this is Jack... Where's Tina? And then, like, taking all out on Mick. Yeah. Like, well, you've got to tell her she needs to be here. And, like, totally blaming Tina for the Ian thing. But then not believing yeah. it was her, but then suddenly believing it was her again. Anyway. Then yeah, because he doesn't think she did it yet. He's concerned that she's done a runner. Yeah. I don't understand that, but we'll go on to that later. <laughs> Is there two different Jacks? Has he now become the new DI? Uh-huh. Like, do they now grow Jacks? Well, that's what I was just about to say. This Jack that was thinking Tina had done the runner was wearing a different mm. coat to <gasps> Jack who has concerned words to say about Max and Linda. Now, is it the same Jack 
And does he have the, all these problems, but is still worried about Mick, who he's never known? Or is he lots of different Jacks, and one of these many Jacks is actually friends with Mick? With Mick. Makes sense, Emma. One I is like concerned about Tina. One is concerned about Max. I, th- I like that theory. I like that theory. I think it has to be. has to be. And that I think there's going to be another Jack that's literally dating Mick. Ah, uh, yeah. Dating, and he's concerned. Concerned that this thing with Max and Linda's going to just ruin everything they have together. I can't even express how fun this week has been with like Max and Linda. Like the whole, oh, will they, won't they, will they? They're clearly not. <laughs> yeah, like I love that this was a big, who will Linda choose? Well, Mick. <laughs> Mick. Mick. She's, she's not going to leave her husband and someone who she's loved since she was a child, like for Max. Not. That's never going to happen. I was absolutely obsessed with Max thinking they were going to build this new life in New Zealand. He wants to meet her at six o'clock on the bridge. He wants to get a souvenir of London for Louis. All this. I mean, you could just give him some money for a house, but yeah, souvenirs all right yeah. as well. Who needs to repair Lauren's burnt down house? <laughs> it's a bit like Martin and Ruby. They don't know each other. They've literally they been together a week and... I mean, this is why Max and Ruby, actually, when you think about it, were pretty perfect together, both very impulsive yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, they were. But can I just say as well, love that, like, Max is, you know, saying that he loves Linda, that he's not loved her, not loved anyone like this since Tanya. And then Jack quite rightly points out, and look how that happened, how that ended. Yeah. And with a joke, yeah. with a really good joke. I just want to. Yeah, it was a really good joke. I mean, I do also just want to point out what Max himself said to Tanya when he, uh, when she came back briefly during the whole Abby and Lauren falling off the roof thing. He said to Tanya, I've never loved you. I've loved, I've always loved Stacey. I've loved her more than I've ever loved you. So then clearly you don't love Linda that much then, Max. <laughs> I just, I just adored the whole thing with them. The whole, this whole, oh no, will they, won't they? There's no way they're going to run off together in the sunset, man. No. Give over. And even when she appeared on the bridge, I was like, well, I think we all know what's going to happen here. He's going to be like, yes. oh my God, she's here, yay. As they have one final look over London, even though they're only meant to be going away for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> one final look. One final look. Forever. And I was like, well, she's clearly going to tell him. That she loves Mick and like it's not gonna work. She's not ready to just go off. And it was such a strange contrast, actually. They're like they're like, oh, will they, won't they? Like fun and games sort of thing. In contrast to Mick's storyline this mm. entire week. Because like we opened Mick's storyline with him obviously going to leave with Tina, but then Linda convincing him, No, stay. You have to stay. We have to sort our marriage out. And then Linda is basically choosing Max almost, it seems. So then Mick, in his darkest moment, I think, decides he's got to call someone. He's got to call the Samaritans to talk things through. And this was uh, this was all built up because of the Tina leaving thing. I think that was really well played because... Shirley and Mick finally sort of like reconciled to some degree, don't they, over Tina leaving and yeah. Mick and her go to the Vic. There's this beautiful moment where Shirley is saying she'll always protect him and Tina. And mm. do you know what's playing in the background? 
Yes. I'll protect you from the hooded cloak. Keep the vampires from your door. Power of love. I was like, oh, that is like the best scene ever because it's so powerful as well, like the words. And so like with... It's, it's so sad as well because obviously, you know what's just happened to Tina and you know what Mick's yeah. going through. And, and that's that. That's like the sad, devastating irony of the whole thing. Shirley can't protect them and she hasn't. She's failed to do that. And Mick almost tells her, he almost tells her. And it's like, oh... And then doesn't, and we're just left, left with worry. He goes and, it was Stuart comes up to him because he sees Mick's not himself. And I'm so mm. happy we're getting Stuart and Mick scenes again. Because, like, I know it must be very hard to, like, rebuild this friendship. It's a bit like Ruby and Stacey. Yes. It's, like, past that point where you can kind of rebuild that. The guy sent him to prison. Um, yes. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I totally understand. But at least they're, like, talking um, and Stuart starts talking about, like, when they were younger. And I think yeah. this is the moment, because he, he knows Katie Lewis is on the scene. And he's saying, like, well, she was always with you, Mick. We never got a look in. She never spoke to us. You used to go around to a house. And it's like something clicked. The light bulb goes off, doesn't it? And it's like, oh. <gasps> Stuart is the person Mick should have been talking to all along. Mm. He looked to Linda to help prove his memories weren't failing them. When in reality, all he needed to do was walk across the road and speak to Stuart. Because Stuart was there. Yes, yeah, Stuart was there. Stuart has these memories. And it's like, I think it's so perfect that they brought Stuart into the mix. Because yes. you knew that they grew up together, but you only got a little... You didn't get, like... A lot of background, but you got enough. But now you're digging yes. deep into their background together and, like, they're getting to speak about it. And so with Stuart's words sort of rattling around in his head, Mick starts that journey, like, properly. He starts that journey of kind of recalculating everything he thought and, and sorting through all of these thoughts, Disney. And sadly, in the middle of that, he basically has to meet up with Lee um, and him and Linda explain to Lee that what's been going on with Max and Mick and things and and Lee's furious. Mm. We, we didn't expect Lee was going to come back. No! Like, that was so, so good. I was like, oh my God! I love when we get a shock like that where we're like, oh my God! Uh, I loved his hair. Nothing good. Nothing good. Lockdown has been treating Lee well. <laughs> like... Yeah, I just loved um, the whole dynamic there that, like, these two older people, these parents, have kind of, like, gone to their son and their son is the one who has, like, the the answers for them almost. Like, he's the one who's who's right in the situation. It was really interesting, their uh, dynamic. Well, I think it was only right that brought Lee in. I think that's what was really good, that Lee's been through this and he's the one that's like, I've yeah. been there, I see the signs, like, I can help your dad and... Like, to Linda, like, Mick's not well. Like, this yeah. is what you need to do. Go speak to him. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're both just running away. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. And whilst Mick is pushing Linda away, Linda is, like, almost letting him. Yeah. Like, I know she doesn't mean to, but that is what she's doing. She's basically accepting that things are over and and being pushed out. 
instead of really trying and trying and trying because that's what you have to do and I think that's that that's where Lee was right Lee was right to call his mom out and say listen you have to stick by him he stood by you you have to help him through this there's something not right going on yeah this isn't used this isn't dad you need to, to to get help from but it isn't Linda who helps Mick in the end it's not Stuart it's not Shirley it's not Lee no. It's Mick. Yeah. Mick helps himself. He does that thing that's very difficult. And if anyone who's listening has, you know, struggled with mental health or struggled with any sort of trauma, remember that there are always places for you to go and to, to seek help, to seek someone, just even to listen. I thought it was a really Whether good episode. That's... It was really clever the way they'd done it. Like when, like this, he, the, guy from the Samaritans was on the phone like he was there saying like you don't have to speak and then yeah Mick then didn't feel any pressure so started to say yeah. things which then led to him coming up with these questions or just like well tell us about this Mick and um yeah. oh I loved is it told the story as well so like whenever Mick was yeah. talking and answering anything the guy on the other end of the call was saying it was then shown you. So like Q Lee, yes. Q Linda, like it was very, very well done. It was a really well put together episode because it's like you say, it was like a little story, a story of Mick's life in his head at the minute. We got the bits of Lee, we got the bits of Max, we got the bits of Linda, we got, you know, bits and pieces of here and there. I used, I used to love New Year and you're getting all the New Year scenes outside where everyone's having the greatest time of their life. Um, and it, it's it was such a beautiful way to tell this story and then of course when it starts to get further and further into this conversation Mick does what a lot of people feel they, they have to when people struggle he takes he, he takes himself off to basically attempt suicide he almost ha- thinks about killing himself and when he's asked, you know, like, why is this? Like, why are you having these feelings? Has it always been been this way? Is it because of Frankie? Is it because of Katie? Um, what What is it about Frankie? And he was like, well, I thought she was my daughter. But, and then, like, and then, then she taught me that it, it couldn't possibly have, have been that way. And then that, that person on the other end, Joe, is saying, well, why would she say these sorts of things to you? Why would she not want you to tell anyone about these things, Mick? And it is very, very, very powerful moment when Mick realizes mm. that he was abused. Because he's been and then struggling it. with it, hasn't he? He's been uh-huh. is is Katie telling the truth or was what he believed true because she's been so manipulative? He's been torn in yes. different, it's, but it's been in different situations. So when he's with her. He can't get his head around it, but then he's when he's in other yeah. situations, he's like, no, I'm right. So now this was the moment where he was like, I am right. I was abused. Yeah. And do you know what I loved? When he finally tells Linda. Oh, I know. Because obviously Linda tells Max there's no way she can leave with him. Um, she can't leave Mick and she certainly can't leave. Uh, she can't just take Ollie from him either. Like, and when he finally says to her, like, there's a moment, there's a beautiful moment. Like, it's so sad, but it's beautiful. Like, where 
him and her are going back and forth and she's like what do you mean you've had a you, it's about frankie and he's like she's my daughter she's my daughter and so then linda naturally is like so what you've had a child out of our, our marriage like you've you've had an affair and he's like no no listen listen i'm trying to explain i'm not saying it right and then eventually he says she's 30 she's 30 and linda's like no she can't be 30 that would make you and then the light bulb goes off mm-hmm. in linda's head Mick was abused. And it's like such a cathartic moment for all us viewers because we're like, now at least someone else knows the next course of action for Mick obviously wasn't, he didn't want to press charges, right? He didn't want to go through the police straight away. And that's fair enough. That's his own, you know, no one should be pressured into to doing anything. Um, but instead, he was going to have it out with Katie. And so he did. Yeah. And Goes around hers. How disgusting is she when like he noticed the letters, and she kept. The Funny how there wasn't uh, there wasn't any other letters from any of the other kids, isn't it, Emma? Her logic just flies out the window. Well, it's rape, Mick. You raped me. Um, and then no she kid. put on the tears and so. said, "And that's how they'll see it." <gasps> She's evil. She's pure evil. And then she went and put everything in the bin, so there was no evidence. Do you know what? I've got a feeling, though, she won't. You know how she obviously put yeah. it all in that bag? I don't think she put it in that bag. I feel like bin. she won't, yeah. She's a sick individual, so she'll want to keep... She'll want to keep something from that. There'll be something that she keeps hold of. Um, but Mick, it doesn't matter anyway. He doesn't need any more evidence. He knows what's happened. And he's like, um, you know, you, you abused me and, and, and I'm going to make sure I... You know, Frankie knows... And, you know, like, that kind of thing. Like, he's like, that's it. And she's furious. She, like, I've never seen anyone, like, scream the way she did. Like, it was, like, primal. It mm. was that kind of bitter scream of knowing your little masquerade, your, your little game is finished, and you no longer have that power over Mick. Detective Tina has done it. She's cracked the case, Emma. She knows who killed Chantel. And she's going to tell everyone. She's going to tell everyone. She's going to tell Karen. She's going to tell uh, his kids. And she's going to tell everyone so that everyone knows exactly what Grey is. Probably shouldn't tell someone that if you think they've murdered someone. Oh, yeah. Instead, Tina decides to threaten them, tell them that she's going to tell everyone. And suddenly the light bulb goes off in her head. And she realises, oh, did um, Tina leave a message? For Mick? No, he turned it off. Because it didn't look. It did, ah, uh, say, because uh, I was going to say, because it didn't look like she left a message because no. he kind of just cancelled the call down. Because I was going to say, is that what they're going to do? They're going to do like a, a Denny message again. But, I, like, think, I think it's with the necklace because after all, after he, after he killed her, the necklace was still there and Shirley hung on to it. And Shirley's not going to let this go. She's not going to believe Tina's just done a runner. And also the whole, there was the whole chat because she was on about she gave yeah. her the necklace and she went and you've got to text me and remember not all these emojis yeah. and stuff like that and i think gray's gonna do what they're done with fat boy where they were sending the letters and stuff to dot but then it yes. was all forgotten but this won't be forgotten and they'll do the it'll be something to do with the emojis or something that'll slip slip them up the scene was harrowing wasn't it the scene was harrowing when you cut from like the fight because it didn't show you what happened scrambled for the door at the same time and cut to Tina sprawled out eyes open 
ligature mark around her neck. So he's, he's strangled her, I think. Um, and she's just, she's, she's gone, she's dead. And that is the most haunting image ever. But what's even more sadistic is that he stood there, like gloating almost and like, you know, enjoying the whole thing. He's a very depraved human being. It's the way he's doing the whole, um, well, yes, I, no one else could have her. You were right. And he's basically telling Tina everything she said to him was correct. And it that's when you know, because you're like, you wouldn't just say that to Tina. So that's when you have your first England. Oh, my God. But then I was like, oh, she's... maybe she's just passed out. And he thinks that he's saying this, and but really she can hear him. And then the pan to Tina, and I was like, oh, no, Tina's not here. So the police arrive just in time for Gray to bundle Tina up and put her in the boot, which you pointed out the other week to me off air. How weird is that? That her biggest fear was being put in the boot of the car by Stuart that was the most traumatic experience of my life and he's just done that. I'm wondering if they've done that, obviously Gray doesn't know that, but I'm wondering if they've done that deliberately, yeah, yeah. like if that was a deliberate thing because if you think that if that that's yeah. Tina's biggest fear, the last place she is is in the boot of a car. That's and like horrendous, isn't it? That's like like, the worst thing. You know how he put her in the shower curtain? I think it was a shower curtain. Yeah, I couldn't tell what he was wrapping her up in actually. I don't know if this will mean anything in the future, but the... Is there a reason? Because they showed, like, the shower curtain, like, hanging out the boot of the car. Is there something in the future where they can be, like, link that back? Because the police yeah, were I there. Yeah, I thought that was too weird. Yeah, because that's, that, that's just weird. But the police well, were there, your... Mick was there, when they yeah. find the body. He's very certain he's not going to get caught for, the, for this. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if they find her in your shower curtain, and also, she used to live with your grey, I think they're going to start questioning you. Because the police obviously arrive and there's Grey putting her in the boot. And Mick's like, oh, where is Tina gone? And he's like, you've just missed her. And he's making up this excuse. But And then the police arrive. Jack's in his new outfit, so I don't believe it's Jack. Suddenly, he's now suspicious of Tina again. (laughs) Even though the other day he was saying it wasn't her. Get away with this. She's playing dead just to get away with this. So they all go in and look for her. Lucas is running around the square, right? But yeah, they're, yeah. they're searching everyone's doors for Tina. <laughs> Who they've Honestly, already said. I... They have already said there's no evidence to say it was her. But okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that Grey can just leave as well. It's Grey's house. Grey's oh, yeah. attorney. Grey also is involved probably in her running away in their mind. Yes, he can just go without questioning. Yeah, they didn't even stop him. No, we have to stay at the scene whilst they question him. Well, the police guy that went there knows that he's what he said to Grey, that Grey lied. And then he told Tina the same thing and was like, you need to have a word with him. So why is he looking for her when he <laughs> basically told her she's a free woman? And he's like, well, you, she needs to be back for the bail. I'm confused. You better get back for that bail, Kieran. I've only just realised that now. <laughs> You, Tina, Tina, love, you're fine. You're Tina's totally off with it. It's great. Uh, where is she? Where is she, criminal? Where is that disgusting criminal? <laughs> where is that disgusting criminal? She's going downtown. <laughs> Give the girl a break. You know, that's not her. <laughs> it's a way Mick and Shirley are allowed to stay in the house as well. Just like, yeah, I love that. 
love that. It's a crime scene, but they're just allowed to stay. <laughs> well, Grace allowed to just go off. Okay. Oh, yeah, Grace allowed to... He, he can take a, a vacation if he wants. He can, go, he can go to Honolulu if he fancies. The policing of Wolford. Favourite scene of the week. Our favourite scene this week is when we realised Jay had a twin. And he was playing around with the invisibility cloak. But he didn't fully cover himself up and he had a floating neck. What an amateur, Emma. What an amateur. Lucas, Lucas will be most annoyed. I know he had it the other week. He must have passed it on. We love that yeah. scene. We never got a chance to talk about Honey and Jake because it was very, very short. But yeah. um, we had to bring that in. It was wonderful. I've noticed on iPlayer, on iPlayer, the Reddit did it out now. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> but it was great. At first, I was like, Jay has a very obscure choice of baubles. Like, does, <laughs> does he like suit baubles? What's going on here? <laughs> human human ornaments. He's got just like someone's like front part of their body stripped, <laughs> put on there. <laughs> but we also have some special mentions as there were too many good moments not to put in favourite scene this week. Your first special mention is Cat Slater to Phil. I'll slap that bald head around this living room. Stacy DeMoe. Cush is kidnapped Arthur, by the way. Kim to Jack, and it'll be Happy New Year to everyone. The cycle is back inside. Rainy, I haven't even heard you say thank you yet. Callum, thank you. He tried killing my boss. Stuart. Technically, I only meant to scare the geezer. He sort of dropped dead. <laughs> and lastly, the final honourable mention is Phil Mitchell with his newspaper pretending to not be listening to Chelsea and Patty. Favourite scene of the week. Our hero this week is Mick. Oh, I mean, it has to be Mick, doesn't it, Emma? Like, we have seen him struggle so much. And to see him save himself almost by, like, finally, finally, like, summon up the courage to not only confront Katie again, um, but also to, like, contact the Samaritans and get some, like, help from there, just, like, to talk to someone else, to tell Linda. He's been very brave very um strong throughout all of this and that's why he's our hero so as mick is our hero of the week we will be rating out of mix and we will be given this week five mix and we obviously couldn't do any last episode or you would have had like a three-hour episode if we carried on and we just want to say we did want to give the christmas episodes five stars as well or I guess we had Slaters probably as our hero. Yeah, five Slaters. So five Slaters, just to let you know as well. <laughs> couldn't just yeah, couldn't just I'm... brush that under the carpet and not mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like both the Christmas week and the New Year week have just been top fives. They've been just like banging the stories out. The characters have been fantastic. The acting has been phenomenal. Mix acting for that Samaritan's call. And just like the way they set it up, like you were saying in the in the roundup, like the way they set that up, like the cutting back to the different scenes and stuff, the flashbacks, was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the storylines, really cool the acting and 
also all the social distance elements that they've been using like yeah. when you get like everyone around a table it's just amazing at the moment and it's yeah like christmas fantastic. and new year really really good this year this week's episode is sponsored by ruby's runaways have you ever fancied doing a runner maybe you just want to avoid that nasty long stretch in jail or perhaps you want to kidnap your son well, come to Ruby's Runaways, where we will give you all the cash, the hotel, and fake passports to start your new illegal life. Happy Christmas, Ange. 